everybody. Welcome back to What's a Story with Wishbone. No, What's a Story with Jillian and Shauna. I really had to think about it, that one. It's It's been a little bit more time than usual between us. <laughs> I forgot the we, name. We've of, lost our mojo. <laughs> I forgot the name of the podcast. <laughs> that must be it. Um, well, hello and welcome again to episode 13. This episode is called Sniffing the Gauntlet. And, you know, it's actually going to be a really fun one to talk about, even though the name is kind of weird. Um, the book that we're going to delve into is Ivanhoe. And Jillian, do you have any relationship with Ivanhoe? Um, I don't. I actually... I don't know why I thought this, but I always thought that Ivanhoe took place, like, in Russia. I don't know. I don't, I, like, Ivan, is he, like, a Russian king? Ivan is, I don't know. it is, like, a, maybe one of the Russian writers, like, Dostoevsky and, like, all those guys, maybe one of them is an Ivan. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I thought that this was a Russian story. So that was surprising that it wasn't. Um, so clearly I have no relationship to it whatsoever since I didn't even know where it takes place. I'm with you. I honestly, of the things that we talk about on Wishbone, this is one that I truly think has never been referenced or anything in my life outside of <laughs> Wishbone. Um, I can't think of like a pop culture reference or anything like that. No, I couldn't either. But, you know, as we were watching it, um, King Richard and Prince John were characters. And we'll, obviously, we'll talk about that later. But that reminds me of Robin Hood. So I don't know if, like, because Prince John and King Richard are also in Robin Hood. And that's that's what I was thinking about the whole time. I kept being like, is one of those chicks made Marion? Like, what's going on here? But, um, and there was no Robin Hood in the story. So I don't know. Maybe John and Richard were just very popular figures to write stories about. So you're actually like 100% correct in the Wikipedia investigation is that like a lot of the like Robin Hood myth is rooted in the story of Ivanhoe. Like, wow. The that, Disney version of Robin Hood and also the Kevin Costner version of Robin Hood were highly played in my house as a child. <laughs> like my parents love Robin Hood Princess Thieves with Kevin Costner, like, love that movie. We used to watch that all the time. And my brother and my older cousin really loved the Disney version, and we used to watch that one all the time. And I was always outvoted because I never wanted to watch either of those movies. <laughs> but I, I, I can recognize a Prince John King Richard situation from a mile away. It's so funny because I, like, until I looked it up, I was just like, I don't like I said, I, I've never seen this reference in pop culture, <laughs> but no, very good work. Oh, I feel triumphant. You're good. You're good at this whole, like, English history stuff. And I thought it took place in Russia. <laughs> Jokes on everyone in that situation. You caught the themes, and that's what's, that's what's important. Uh, so we open up on taking a test in Mr. Pruitt's class, and Amanda gathers them for him, which really just reminded me of, like, grade school where your classes were all in rows, and, like, you, like, yeah. <laughs> like your position was set, and I remember, like, certain teachers, we would, like, switch once a month, and it was, like, a really big deal, like, where we sat. Yeah. Do you know what else it reminded me of? I don't know. There must have been these, but, like, the notch at the 
top of your desk to put a pencil in. Oh, For yeah. some reason, the entire time they were in that classroom, that was like all I could think about with those desks. So crazy. Um, but yeah, so desks in ch- school, that's what it reminded us of. And uh, Mr. Pruitt um, reminds them like, hey, there's going to be a spelling bee tomorrow. And he divides the class in half. And he's like, okay, like, you guys have to choose a captain amongst yourselves for the spelling bee, which the logistics of the spelling bee are very confusing to me until it started. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand it either. But then it made a ton of sense once it actually happened. But I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> and so they leave the classroom and who is out there but wishbone <laughs> wishbone was just hanging out and i have no words for wishbone in this episode joe was not surprised to see him at all they just like go stand around him it was like wild. oh yes my dog always sits outside the school waiting for me to get out just sitting there not tied up not on a leash just sin it was wild it was wild and um our trio joe sam and david are just kind of hanging out like talking about it and amanda and nathaniel come over and they're like oh like have you guys chosen a captain um and they're like no not yet and amanda turns out as the captain of the other team and she goes up in sam's face and says good luck samantha and it was so weird crazy (laughs) she was like so competitive with samantha and it was so odd because we don't usually see samantha like competing off the sports fields (laughs) so it was weird that like somebody would have anything against her because she's a delightful young woman (laughs) well yeah like i just can't imagine sam being somebody who has enemies like She's just, like, nice to everybody. And even when David and Joe are being dumb, she's the one being smart and helpful. Yeah. So I this Amanda think... chick really needs to slow her roll. It was so wild. She, like, had a lot of ego or insecurity or whatever, but it was a lot. And um, Robin, who we see again uh, from the basketball episode, she nominates David as the captain. And David isn't confident. Which I respected because we had seen in the first scene that like David was not like comfortable with his tests. And we yeah. have only encountered David as this person who's like really good at everything he does. Um, but I respect that he's like, you know what, this is just not a thing I'm good at. And I know that. And I don't like need to be in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been like that. I would have been like, yeah, even if I'm terrible at spelling, I will take your nomination. <laughs> <laughs> Except, <laughs> um, but then David said, "Just Sam," and Joey's like, "Yeah, Sam. Look what comes." I just cannot believe that Joe is the main character in this show. He is such a box of rocks, that kid. They really give him like the least amount of lines in acting, <laughs> and the least amount of like. He's least. He's like the least smart. He's the least nice. He's like. The least all the things. Yeah, they just needed like a generic white boy with brown hair who could play basketball. <laughs> and they True. cast him. They cast Jordan. They, they found him. <laughs> they found him. Um, so then David's like, you know what? Like, Sam, you're always reading. Like, you should be the captain, which is cool to getting to know a little bit more about Sam. And Sam's like, okay, like, I'm not worried about, like, the competition or the words or whatever. I'm worried about Amanda. 
So I'm like, damn, like this must be some like, maybe they were friends when they were like, I've read a lot of YA books. Like maybe they were friends when they were younger. And then when Sam got more into sports, like Amanda wasn't her friend anymore. And then she was like, why are you friends? Like, I mean, I've seen this trope a million times. <laughs> totally. Yeah, they were definitely like friends in kindergarten or something. And then. Yeah, maybe their first friend. Oh, wait. Well, she lives on the same street as the boys, so maybe not. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. Totally. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is wild. Um, so then, <laughs> one, what I did notice. Uh, the next day at the spelling bee was that one of the boys on the team looked like Adam Banks from the Mighty Ducks and I forgot to look it up. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't see him. Banks is one of my favorite characters. I know. Too. That's why I thought you would catch him. <laughs> we did not. Yeah. Um, and Joe's hair was slicked down so you know it's a big day. Uh, <laughs> I, I did notice that. <laughs> a very very nice side part from Joe Talbot right there. And the spelling bee, you know, right now it's kind of your traditional spelling bee, but there's two lines of kids, one on the right side of the room, one on the left side of the room, and you can see that the teacher is going to go down the lines asking them um, to spell these words. And they do some of the best acting I've ever seen on this show while they're pretending to not know how to spell these words. <laughs> it is so, it was truly good. Maybe the kids didn't actually know how to spell the words. They weren't <laughs> acting. Well, they had to memorize the spellings. <laughs> yeah, who knows? They did a really good job, like, portraying, like, thinking and, like, recall. And it was very good. <laughs> So then um, we're down to the last three on each team, but then uh, someone on the other team gets out and Joe gets out and, you know, he tried, but he just didn't get it. And Sam um, displays like really good sportsmanship at the end of the class day because the teacher says, we'll finish this tomorrow with the two people on each team. And she says, good job, Amanda. Like you guys did really well. Um, and Amanda is like very standoffish and it's just like, oh, like whatever. And the boys are like, they really gas her up. I love it. Like, they're like, you're just as good as she is. Like, you're better. Like, I loved it. They are very in love with her in this episode. Oh my God. Yes. I, I was all the whole time. I was like, this is going to be an epic love triangle. When they get older. This is like a straight up Dawson, Pacey, Joey situation. Which is especially well because there will eventually be a love triangle at Wishbone. It is not with Samantha. That is what I, I remember. Oh. There is going to be a girl, and I remember who gets the girl. <laughs> I don't remember the story. It's is it Sam? Does Sam get the girl? That would be excellent. That would be excellent. <laughs> In fan fiction, I'm sure she does. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's when they age the characters up. So it's like, in a, it's a much future episode. I do remember that. But yes, this whole, like, these, the, this episode is very much the boys, they're that age too, where they're like 11, like things are, things are changing. <laughs> Interpersonally is what I meant, but you could, you know, take that however you want. <laughs> There's a lot happening. <laughs> Middle school's rough, I'll tell you. Oh my gosh, it truly is. Um, so then we get to Joe's house because they decide they're going to practice spelling at Joe's house. 
and there's a really funny moment where Wishbone goes down the stairs and the voice actor is like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> acting, going down the stairs. Although, to be honest, like, if you've ever watched a dog go downstairs, I think that's what's happening in their head. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Feeny used to really hate going down the stairs in my house and she used to just like, go down like kind of like three quarters of the way and then just jump off the stairs like way too high in the ground, <laughs> high from the ground and just like land in the hallway and just like brace herself. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It's just not a natural action, right, for dogs, so. Well, now I know. It was very entertaining for me. <laughs> and they're practicing and they like need a little break. And then they start, they're like, oh my gosh, it was so funny when Amanda was annoyed that her team members were dropping like flies. And David does an impression of Amanda, which was actually a very good impression of Amanda. But in the moment, it was so weird to me. I was like, what is happening? I loved it. I, I was like, I laughed so hard. It's just me so too. ridiculous. I laughed so hard. And I, it was a really good impression. That was the craziest part. Yeah. It was so funny. And they're like exhausted. They're, they've been spelling too much, frankly. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> so hard. It's a lot. It's mentally taxing. And David's like, hey, like I have these protein bars my mom, you know, gives me for a little boost of energy. And they're like, oh, perfect, snack time. And Wishbone is offended because he's not a part of snack time. And they're like, oh, like, wow, these are actually pretty good. Like, what's in them? So David starts reading the ingredients and he's like, um, wheat, um, sugar, um, coconut. And then Sam like flips out, spits it out. And she's like, what did you say? And it turns out she's allergic to coconut. And I'm like, there's no way this young girl had a food allergy and her best friends didn't know. Furthermore, okay, I'm sorry. I took a lot of notes on this section. <laughs> <laughs> because as someone who does not have food allergies but is lactose intolerant, I am always aware of what I am consuming. Like, and my mom has a lot of food allergies, so she's always aware of what she's consuming. And there's no way when you're 11 years old and can like walk yourself home from school that you are not old enough to read the back of the thing and see if it has coconut in it if it's going to give you such a reaction furthermore if you're if you have such a reaction to coconut why don't you have an EpiPen? me okay i have environmental like i'm allergic to dust mites and i have an EpiPen. and the way that she was describing those reactions i was like her allergic reactions that she says she's gonna get because of coconut our environmental allergy. <laughs> no, to be fair though, like when my mom eats food that she's allergic to, she does get like really congested and like. Oh, uh, okay. Because that's like anaphylaxis. Like if you're like your throat starts to constrict. And that's when like, you're supposed to use the epipen. Right. <laughs> it would have added that extra level of complexity that the story didn't want to have to explain to kids what epipens are. But um, I just thought it was ridiculous. Why couldn't? She, I was, as I was thinking, I was like, why couldn't she just like get a head cold? Like this whole allergy thing was so ridiculous and it was wrong. Yeah. Although like, I did work at a summer camp for several years and we did have a kid who had to be ambulance out of camp because he ate a cliff bar that had a walnut in it and he was allergic to walnuts. My reaction was the same as like, if you're that allergic to walnuts, why are you not reading labels? But like, okay. <laughs> like, 
And if but, I mean, it does it happen. Yeah, <laughs> like it does just happen. Also, like the mid nineties, I think I feel like I I hate to put it this way, but like food allergy culture is like it's a little bit more normalized now. Like knowing that some kids have food allergies and like what does it mean to like have friends with food allergies? Like maybe we're more communicative about it and. Um, it's like treated more as like a, there are systemic solutions, but the root of it is Sam is old enough to like know what she's putting into her mouth. Yeah. So Sam goes home. She's like, I don't, I don't know. And the next morning, the boys stop in at Sam's before school. Cause they're like, yeah, let's all go together. Like, Hey, Mr. Kepler, what up? Let's do this. And Sam is in a flannel robe revealing to us that A, she has a lot more flannel than we thought. And <laughs> B, she is feeling the after effects. And her dad tells her she's going to be staying home. And that's also not how allergic reactions work. They don't last for days like that. I mean, mine will, like, the whole day, like, I, I'll, like, take Benadryl and, like, topical medications and things like that. Like, my whole face swells up for, like, eight to ten hours at a time. And then I, like, get, take, like, a pack of steroids and it doesn't swell up anymore. <laughs> but that's also, environmental allergies are also different than consuming something. Yeah. My mom's reactions don't last that long. And she has, like, pretty severe reactions. Also, like, when I eat dairy, it doesn't last how long. It clears your system overnight. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, everything that I was told about food allergies is that it all happens very, 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 very fast. Like, you get, you react very quickly. You have to get treated very quickly. Like, when things go bad, they go wrong very quickly. But Sam's dad works from home. So maybe he was like, we medicated her. We gave her her EpiPen. I'm just gonna have her around me so in case like well if you administer your EpiPen you have to go to the ER so she obviously didn't get her epi an EpiPen. It was like she slept with her face in a coconut. I mean it was <laughs> ridiculous. She used a coconut face mask. Yeah and then she was like oh I didn't read the ingredients. <laughs> oh my god classic Sam. Classic <laughs> Sam. This girl we thought she was responsible but no. She's only good at sports. <laughs> She's still working on, like, you know, getting her life in order. <laughs> so together, Sam and Joe encouraged David to win the spelling bee for their team because he's the last person standing. Well, we didn't mention Joe got out on the word synagogue. I forgot to bring that up. Oh, yeah. He's very upset. So I, if, I actually took notes on that. Yeah, the, this is a good point because I think he made a very natural mistake because you're allowed to repeat. I'm a former spelling bee champion. You're allowed to repeat the letters that you said, but you have to start at the beginning of the word. So he says, S-Y, S-Y-N. S-Y-S. So he keeps doing that. And the last time he puts two G's next to each other, this last G, I think. And I feel like he was just repeating the G that he just said to remind himself of what comes after. I don't think he thought that there are two G's in a row. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I'm very disappointed to find out that Joe is not Jewish. Because he doesn't <laughs> follow the word synagogue. And so obviously he is not a Jew. This is true. Uh, second of all, I had a little bit of like PTSD from this because when I was in a spelling bee one time, um, I got out on a very easy word 
it was contact and I was like 12. But the reason I got out was because the teacher who was reading the words said, contract, no content, no contact. And I got like so flustered and then I got out and my mom, <laughs> my mom is a very, very good mom, but she has no filter with these kinds of things. And she was like, I, I got it. Like I got out first word. I was like the first kid down. And then my mom had like taken off of work and come to the spelling bee. And then I like went to talk to her afterwards. And I was like, that was really embarrassing. And I was expecting her to be like, it's okay. You tried your best. And she was like, yeah, that was really embarrassing. <laughs> I, so the spelling bee that I would was a Glen Hill spelling bee. <laughs> this was a Glen Hill spelling bee too. <laughs> Maybe it was the same spelling bee. I don't think so. I think this was the year before. It was really, it was awful. And then I didn't do the spelling bee again because it was too traumatic. That sounds really traumatic. That's like the only similar story I have to that because I'm someone who makes everything about me is when I was in college getting my student ID, um, the guy was like, okay, like I'm gonna take your picture on three, one, three. And I made this like really confused face and that was a picture on my ID until I graduated. But the really dumb thing is it only costs $10 to get a new ID. So I should have gotten a new one. And <laughs> I gave like when I like was graduating when I was like a junior or senior and there were like new people coming in I'd tell them all like if you don't like your picture just pay the ten dollars and get a new one <laughs> I never did it <laughs> that's hilarious it was so dumb oh, it was so silly like these are the things that stick with us people I know it's like childhood trauma it's not even like real trauma it's just like it's PTSD it's childhood angst, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what we should have written about in our journals and moved on, but I did not. I did not. I wrote it in my journal like once a year, <laughs> very traumatically. <laughs> I'm picturing this. You in the room, you've described to me very well with like things all over the walls and yep. lights. <laughs> yep. By the glow of my Christmas lights, I would right in my journal dramatically in moments of real like heartache <laughs> yeah for sure and it was always very dramatic like so and so if they ever find out that i like them my life will be over literally <laughs> and then your little brother took the letters and mailed them <laughs> did. that kid can't be trusted <laughs> classic drink uh, okay so moving on we're back back to this morning of the second day of the spelling bee and joe and sam are trying to convince david that he can do this and david isn't so sure because he's not a great speller and joe says my dad used to tell his players you have to swallow your fear and do it for the good of your team and i thought that was like a nice sweet little message like and Joe is a really small kid. So this is probably something that like Ellen has said to him too. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was like sweet. And, and like, that's like exactly like we were talking about before, like the logistics of the spelling bee made no sense <laughs> until like we were in the thick of it and we're like, okay, like, yeah, it is about like helping, even though it's a soul, it's like an individual contributor situation. <laughs> like you do like- It's kind of weird that they're on teams because like, you're still whittling it down to the last kid. It's not really like the team's victory. Yeah, and I don't know what the captain did. Like they went first. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we zoom back into school and Amanda's like, where's Sam? And they're like, oh, like she's sick. She's just not come. She can't be here. And Amanda goes, sort of changes the dynamic of the spelling bee. <laughs> and I see it like that. Like, I know that sounds odd that I'm impersonating her that way, but she talks so 90s. <laughs> like, yeah, she's definitely like a share from Clueless situation. Yes, or like the brown, the brown straight haired girl from Full House. Um, Gina. Gina, yes, that's who she's mm -hmm. like that kind of personality. Like, she really had an MKA outfit situation. Too, oh, yeah, so maybe she did yeah. take. The hat with the flower on top. Every one of her outfits. <laughs> I'm just wondering if she took all of her inspiration from Full House. Oh yeah, it was that time. It was that time. So the spelling bee is happening inside the classroom. Meanwhile, Wishbone is outside the school and the teacher saw him outside the school. The students saw him outside the school. Like he truly has run in this town. <laughs> he may be the mayor of Oakdale. We've met the mayor. It's a black man. <laughs> but also the wishbone. real mayor is Wishbone. <laughs> He's probably just a beard for Wishbone. They just don't want them to they don't want them to know that Wishbone's the mayor. That really makes a lot of sense. Otherwise it <laughs> it it doesn't make sense. Uh, the situations wouldn't make sense. But now that I know that Wishbone is the mayor, it all is coming together. <laughs> so David gets a really hard word right. And he goes, that was for Sam. And that was really cute. Camouflage. That was, was his word. And I, I typed it and I got it wrong. So I said it was, so I said it was hard. <laughs> I put the U in the wrong place. I put it after the A. <laughs> oh, camouflage. No, camouflage. Like F-L-A-U-G. <laughs> so I called it hard. <laughs> Well, clearly you don't work in a nature center that has a camouflage room. No, you're right. <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> I'm learning so much. <laughs> and I was like, okay, good work, David, channeling the spirit of Sam to get camouflage right. I believe in you. Um, and then I, at this point, started really paying attention to the classroom. And I really was like, you know what? I think this is one of those classrooms where you spend the whole day in this class, like, uh -huh. um, and your teacher does all the subjects because they were like, we talked about history once before poetry and now this is like spelling people, even though it's the same kind of subject, I saw like math things on the wall and things like that. Uh -huh. So I tried to pay attention to that for some reason. Um, but then I was so, another thing that made me laugh a lot was David got the word perpendicular and he shared a look with Joe with like, yeah, I got the math word. Like, I know this one. It was a very knowing look. They were like, oh yeah, we know perpendicular. It was so cute and I was overjoyed. Do you know what I thought was interesting was conceivably Joe knew how to spell all of these words because he always seemed to know when someone was going to get it wrong or right, but the kid could not spell synagogue. So clearly he's not well, a master I think he knows how to spell it. He just accidentally repeated the G. I think <laughs> I'm really on team Joe here. 
So, I'll never be Team Joe. <laughs> Mark my words. So speaking of Joe's magical ability to know how to spell words, Amanda gets the word miscellaneous. And the second that she missed that second L, Joe's face became like, an O, like his mouth turned into an O and he was like, oh my God, she forgot the second L. And he has like a very cute smile at this point too. Like, I was like, this is very adorable. Um, and then David gets it right. And they're like, oh my gosh, they won. And they're so excited. And they're like, I can't wait to tell Sam. And they even say to Amanda, like good contest, like their sportsmanship is on point. Um, but Amanda's not a fan. <laughs> so after the contest after school they go to sam's house they knock on the door a ton and sam is like oh my gosh like who could this be and why are they like bothering me in this way <laughs> girl is not as smart as we thought she was <laughs> is it? but her outfit was like very quarantine chic <laughs> um i don't know i thought it was very comfortable i was like I yeah the outfit, this outfit I will label, I will describe at this time because it was a good, re relevant outfit. It was cozy socks, black leggings, a t-shirt, a flannel hoodie, and there were like random plates of food around the room. Story <laughs> like, of my life right now. Like, it was very quarantine chic, the whole situation. And the boys are like, oh my god, you're cured. Um, and she's like, yeah, it wasn't as bad as it usually was. Um, and their Texas accents like seemed more obvious to me in um, this episode for some reason. <laughs> so, oh, I didn't notice that at all. That's yeah, this one and the next one. Um, I was like, oh wow, they really sound like Texans. And the next one especially. Um, and then what I really loved in this exchange is they're like talking about the um, how hard the spelling bee was, and there's this tongue twister like sweating and stumbling, and it was such a weird thing, but like. Dave, like Joe was like Amanda's sweating and stumbling and then David was like I was sweating and stumbling too and Sam goes if I had been there I would have been sweating and stumbling as well <laughs> it was just so odd and then Wishbone goes I was sweating and stumbling too it was worse than ice like a glass of ice water on a hot day a shaking more than a worm in a bird's nest <laughs> and I was like first of all our idiom talk came an episode too soon <laughs> second of all all of us over sweating and stumbling <laughs> I, I wrote down the word a worm in a bird's nest I was like that is not an expression that is not a thing that people say but I, I did think it was funny it was so funny. And the thing of like the ice, I definitely had heard that, like I, ice on a hot day or something like that. But the, yeah, who knows? <laughs> anyway, they were like really excited and they're like, yay, um, they won They won the spelling bee. And they say, Sam coached David and taught him everything she knows. And honestly, all in all, it was very cute. <laughs> like this- Very cute but, episode. Yeah, that that was the part of the wishbone, um, the story. Of, Frankly, I don't think it has anything to do with Ivan. Nope. <laughs> Not a single thing. <laughs> yeah. But it was very cute. Um, and we can talk at the end about maybe we'll identify some themes. Uh, but highly unlikely. Yeah, I was going to say, spoiler alert. No. Um, okay, so let's jump into the story of Ivanhoe, which was initially written by Sir Walter Scott. And, oh, we usually do this at the top of the episode. That's why I was all mixed up. Okay. 
So it was written in um, early 1800s, 1818, and it was published in three volumes. We kind of like pick and choose a little bit of the stories here. So we laid out, Wishbone's actually providing a lot of exposition um, and setting the scene. And he's like, it's a young man, knight's homecoming after the war. He comes home and he finds um, the Normans and the Saxons are in his hometown. And the Normans were these medieval bullies. Um, they were just like picking fights and always having competitions and things like that. And his dad is a Saxon named Cedric. And we open up on this like elaborate, you know, jousting competition. And there's a couple Saxon outcasts there who have somebody in disguise. And we're introduced to Prince John, the brother of King Richard, because um, King Richard was at the Crusades. And the interpretation I kind of got at this point was that Ivanhoe's dad was just like really pissed off at Ivanhoe for going off to fight. Um, and he's like, I don't want to hear that name anymore. This is like bananas.com. I don't want you to say that. Um, and there's a jester in a very stereotypical Mardi Gras jester. <laughs> and, and honestly, the action hasn't even started. Like, we, we get a lot of, like, description of the scene yes. at, at the top, at the top. And the prince is, like, very busy flirting. Um, and he was also drunk. I was very confused. It was very weird, like... I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. My parents didn't drink when I was a kid, so I never saw people drunk. Like, it wasn't, like, a thing that I really understood. And so I thought it was very confusing for, like, a kid's show to have, like, a drunk guy hitting on a girl who, like, clearly did not seem interested. A lot of consent issues in that whole scene. Actually, yeah. in this whole story. Yeah, this whole story issues. has a lot of, like, consent and it was weird because until like, you know, you mentioned the Robin Hood and I like looked into the thing and um, the kind of Robin Hood references, I truly was like, I don't see any themes from this <laughs> that I've seen outside. Um, but anyway, we learned that Ivanhoe was disinherited by his father. So he came in disguise to this champ um, tournament and we kind of see a little bit of the tournament and this guy um, wins the tournament and uh, uh, I think it's Prince John who's like, you know, what, what, or Sir Brian, maybe, I, I don't know, somebody is like, why are there all these Normans, like, always fighting, like, aren't there any, like, baller-ass Saxons who are willing to, like, throw down and fight and win for the Saxons, and Ivan's Holt, like, comes out um, in his hood, in a door, lots of great outfits in this episode. So <laughs> many good wishbone outfits. Great outfits. And Ivanhoe's like, you know what, like, I'll take on the challenge. And he does some amazing archery with, like, a fake paw holding it, a fake paw holding the arrow, like, really so like, good. So good. Iconic, like, practical effects. It was really, really, really excellent. A plus, A plus practical effects. Yeah. Um, and he, w he wins and he does another thing and he wins the other thing and he ends up winning the whole tournament. We're like, hell yeah, like this is awesome. And he's like, yes, like you won. He's about to be told that he wins. And then he passes out. He's just like. Yeah, I didn't understand that. He was like, fine. And then he just fell over. Yeah, like, so maybe he got wounded or something during the tournament. Because I guess, like, when I picture, like, jousting and all these, like, medieval tournaments, like, they did get wounded and stuff. We just didn't see any wounds. And we didn't see him, like, take any hits or anything like that. But it was odd that he just passed out. 
Um, and this uh, outcast woman, like, it's like, oh, I need to go help him. Like, father, like, his dad isn't going to do anything. He disinherited him. And the prince isn't going to do anything because he doesn't give a shit. So she runs out to grab him. And um, this outcast and her father, they're named Rebecca and Isaac, they take Ivanhoe and they put him in a little wagon and they leave. They escape. They leave the tournament. They're walking through some woods and um, they're like, you know, you're wounded. And the accents are all over the place as usual. <laughs> I feel like this woman, we've seen her in a few episodes. She's also Joan of Arc. She can't do like a British accent. So she doesn't like, she just does this like overly theatrical, like projected, like elongated vowels, like theatrical accent. And it's not like British. It still sounds American to me. <laughs> yeah, I, this is, to be honest, I loved the Wishbone episode, the Wishbone portion of this. This Ivanhoe situation, I was so confused. I didn't understand what was happening. I'm really glad that I don't have to summarize this plot, that it's, you're responsible for it. That chick was confusing to me. I didn't know if she was, like, in love with Ivanhoe, or if she was, like, his sister, or, like, just some weirdo who, like, likes to take care of people. It was all very weird. Yeah, I honestly just pegged her as a weirdo who likes to take care of people. Um and like it was very confusing <laughs> and they come across um the mardi gras court jester and um they he had very ruddy skin it did it i couldn't tell if it was the video or they like had dirt or like the ruddy skin like it was so yeah i honestly yes i agree <laughs> it was very red i'm not here to judge but like on tv you wear makeup why was his skin so red it was so odd. Unless maybe that was like something that court jesters did or maybe he was sunburned and that was his own problem. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Sunscreen. Um, but they run across uh, Isaac's um, traveling party and Isaac is Ivanhoe's dad who, and he hates Ivanhoe so they hide Ivanhoe like deeper in the wagon. And the jester is like, hey, like you should take pity on them. Let them join our traveling party. And their traveling party, like, looks like a cover of, like, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Like, there's a mm -hmm. princess in, like, a blue dress with, like, a cone hat with, like, a like a piece of tulle hanging off it. I was like, what is this? It was so weird. <laughs> Very weird. Very weird. So weird. And then this traveling party comes across some random knights, and we meet this Sir Brian, who he was, he, I don't know, he's just like an irritable guy, and he's the guy who beat Ivanhoe in that tournament, um, or Ivanhoe beat him in the tournament, and all these knights are fighting, and Sir Brian sees Rebecca, um, Ivanhoe's savior, and he's like, I want her for my own, um, and everyone's fighting, and Sir Brian is trying to kidnap everybody, and he does, but the court jester, like the Mardi Gras jester, which I will call him for the rest of this episode, um, runs away. He's the only one who's able to hide, but he's wearing all these bells, and we can hear him as he runs away, <laughs> so I was like, he didn't do a very good job of hiding or running away, because I could hear him. He did, and he did look like he was trying to sneak, but it was the loudest sneaking I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was so wild. I was like, this is crazy town. Um, it was like, there is a specific kind of uh, Indian, like, classical dance called uh, Bharatanatyam, and you actually wear, like, these little 
anklets that are made out of straight up bells and like uh-huh. the whole point is like while you're walking and when you like make heavy footfalls like the bells like ring in different ways <laughs> and I was perhaps like, he was a present practitioner of that dance clearly like, <laughs> it came up across the silk road and he found out the bells and he's like this is how I learned this skill <laughs> thank you he's ready <laughs> so it was so wild um so he runs away now we cut to a dungeon cell, and I think it's Sir Brian's castle, the Norman's castle, I don't really know. Um, and Rebecca is nursing Ivanhoe. And at this point, we are still thinking that she is just someone who likes to nurse people. Um, they really have given us no information other than that, and that's all she has revealed as well. Um, and then all of a sudden, they she sees out the window that the jester has returned with a huge army of men. And there's lots of fighting noises outside the window and out the door. But Ivanhoe is like on the bed. He he can't see like what's going on. And we see Rebecca like look out the window and like look out the door, but she doesn't tell us what's going on. So it's very odd. All odd. All odd. And then all of a sudden, like the door like first opened and Sir Brian that night, um, who beat Ivanhoe way back then is like, like the castle's on fire, everything's gonna burn down. Like, I'm coming here to save you, but only you. And Rebecca's like, What about Ivanhoe? And he's like, F that Ivanhoe. And he's just like, <laughs> Let's go. So Rebecca is basically like grasped by the wrist and taken away. And Ivanhoe's like, OMG, I don't know what's going to happen to me. <laughs> so now we fast forward and they think Rebecca is a witch and she's sentenced to be burned at the stake. This comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it does. And that's what I'm telling you. This story made no sense. It makes no sense. It's so odd. Because the next thing that happens is Ivanhoe just appears, but he was in a burning castle last we saw him. It's so confusing. It like it doesn't make any sense. And <laughs> regardless, we see we see them burning. <laughs> we see them try to burn Rebecca at the stake. Ivanhoe, like you just said, Ivanhoe appears at this day and he fights with a mace, which is amazing choreography because he's Wait, standing. I also there. thought that that was called a mace, and then I looked it up and it's called a flail. Excuse me. Then what's a mace? I have no idea. When I googled spiked ball on chain, it said flail. I thought that was a mace. Okay. I did too. Yeah. Oh, a mace is a bludgeon. What? Oh my god, this is crazy. Excuse you, ma'am. No barking, please. What? I wonder why we thought it was called a mace. Maybe there's like a like a comic book character or someone we know who uses it who called it a mace. Oh wait, but a mace is also maybe they're mm-hmm. on the Wikipedia it says a flail is a type of mace. Like so oh, you know what? Oh. I bet people call it a mace because otherwise I would just call it a club. Yeah. <laughs> like I would call a a, a regular male mace a club and a flail a mace. Yes, this is like a rectangle is a square, or a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle. Yes! This is some real polygon shit. <laughs> this is some straight up polygon shit. David would know. He knows about math. David would know. That's true. Between them, who's better at history, Sam or David, do you think? Sam. Yeah. I think the only thing David's good at is math. Math, science, creativity, robotics, yeah. Joe, 
We have yet to know what Joe's secret sauce is. He's not a good dog owner. That kid is not good at anything. He can't keep his room clean. He can't take care of his dog. He does seem like a good kid. Though. Though. <laughs> what? He does seem like a good kid. Yeah, I mean, he's nice enough, I guess. He also seems to be, like, fairly okay at sports. Yeah, he's a good, like, team player, I think. Like, he's good in those... He's a hype man. <laughs> he's a hype man. He's, like, he'll give you all the assists. <laughs> like, he doesn't need to score the goal, which is good. Everybody needs that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We need teams like that. Like, people underestimate the importance of assists. All right, so going back to Ivanhoe, um, Ivanhoe grabs this mace, and the object that we're describing is, um, it's like a wooden stake, so imagine like the part you hold of a hammer, and at the end of this like wooden piece of like dowel basically is a chain, and on the end of the chain is this uh, like metal sphere that has spikes hanging out of it. Um, so it's kind of like nunchucks almost, but like at the end of one nunchuck would be instead of that second like wooden part, it's this spherical ball that's apparently called a flail, um, which I will be calling a mace. <laughs> But the choreography is amazing. So they have Wishbone holding this wooden handle part of the mace in his mouth and just kind of hopping a little bit. And then the man that he's supposed to be fighting has a sword. And he's like really brandishing the sword. And then the editing is supposed to be that Wishbone is hitting him with the mace. It's so good. The fight scene is incredible. And then in the end, Ivanhoe like like uses his mouth because he's a dog to grab a piece of fabric that's hanging off Brian's waist and he tugs him to the ground. And then the dog does like a little spin motion and I think we're supposed to infer that he did a roundhouse kick as well because Brian <laughs> ends up on the ground. Like, the, I'm telling you, the choreography of this scene is a plus. That's hilarious. It was very good. You're not wrong. <laughs> it was so good. Um, and the prince is like, okay, 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 you won. Like, you don't have to kill him. What do you ask for? Um, and Ivanhoe's like, I want Rebecca to be freed. And it happens. Um, she doesn't get burned at the stake. And then his dad is like, you know what? Like, I'm not mad at you anymore. Um, let's, like, come back to be with your family uh and that's it <laughs> that's honestly it and um we get a little bit of a behind the scenes on how they build sets and they said they built the set in six days um for where kind of this tournament takes place um i think they filmed both of them in the same little location um but it was cool like how they said like yeah we built it out of like foam and stuff like that and i never was involved with that like that part of like theater and i don't really know that much about like how like tv productions like sets and stuff are built so that was pretty cool for me yeah i agree i thought that was a really cool part of it and i thought like just the, like planting the idea that tv production goes so quickly like as someone who has listened to many a behind the scenes podcast about tv shows and stuff to yeah. say like we only had six days to turn this around like that i don't know that I I heard that and I'm sure it would like resonate with kids as they're watching it too. Yeah. Maybe in England this is like studied in different ways, but um besides like 
you know, it being intertwined with the stories of, like you said, like King John, Prince John, King Richard, like Richard the Lionhearted and Robin Hood. I don't get it. I don't see it. The actual story of Ivanhoe, we pretty much covered all of it. Um, none of it really ties to the spelling bee or the competition, like maybe the Normans versus the Saxons piece a little bit, but I don't really see like connections. <laughs> Did you? No, I didn't really either. I mean, like, it's like competition in both of them, but like very different, but like very different types of competition. I didn't really understand that. I mean, Sam got sick and Ivanhoe got injured, but <laughs> that was like really the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I have no idea. And I think like um, in general, like, like I said, we do cover a lot of the story of Ivanhoe and the story of Ivanhoe isn't a great story <laughs> per se. Like even like people who research literature and stuff like that are like, this is, this seems like like a romance for men, um, which frankly is actually how I interpreted Don Quixote and then ended up like really liking it the more we talked about it. But <laughs> this one, like the more I saw of it and the more I talked about it, I'm like, this is like, yeah, it does seem like a romance for men. Like none of it makes sense. And then he like rescued a damsel in distress and then they're like, wait, get together? Like it's very confusing. There's magic? Like I don't get it. Yeah, that, that I don't know. It was very confusing. I didn't love that part of it. Yeah, in general, it was confusing. Um, and then going back to what I was commenting, like the Robin Hood connection, this isn't like the root for the Robin Hood story. Like the Robin Hood story is separate from this, but um, they say like that's really intertwined because Ivanhoe is this guy who like has to go in disguise, like to like champion people and like be like, you know, the, the mean bullies and things like that. And they think like the sentiment of like, especially the Disney Fox Robin Hood who's like, like, clever and um like all your kind of stereotypes of the fox and he's nice and he's charming and he's like like a rebel and he like does the right things um a lot of that uh people say is like um intertwined with the story of like ivanhoe but again i just don't maybe because we're americans i also didn't like the renaissance fair when i was a kid and this just reminded me of the renaissance fair i was really not into it at all yeah i wasn't into it this is like truly an era of like white people's culture having really very little going for it and the rest of the world was like really thriving right now <laughs> like really cool stuff was happening in China and like northern Africa and like South Asia and like and what we see is like South America and things like that and it's funny to like think about that in juxtaposition to this because like this was so boring. Like I didn't care. Like the like yeah. the 1100s or like the that that beginning of that millennia. Like it's just simply a boring time for white people. Like usually is to be honest. He usually is until they like decide to go to pe places where white people aren't. Well, right, you gotta spice it up a little bit, otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> boring white person. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think in general, as you can tell, Jillian and I not really sold on Ivanhoe. Love the first half. Let's talk about the costumes, though. On point, all around. Loved all of them. Yeah, all the Wishbone costumes were excellent. 
Um, obviously, I'm partial to the art, the archery and the fake paws performing archery, <laughs> as well as um, his final outfit with like when he was holding the mace. So I guess I really like the props in this episode. Yeah, I mean, his like chainmail was really cute, but his props were, oh, they were so good. Yeah, and it also like that part where he's performing the archery. I didn't rewatch the theme song after this episode to check if that's from this episode because I actually thought they did Robin Hood on a different episode and he did archery so in that episode. And I think like the archery and the theme song might be from the Robin Hood episode, but I'm not sure. I think so too. Yeah, so we love the costumes. Um, we loved the like spelling bee that wishbone story. Didn't really love the Ivan those story. We did love the fashion in the wishbone. Oh, oh my gosh. The 90s fashion. Where would you like to start? Where to start? Anywhere. It was so a we'll start- denim masterpiece this episode. Oh my gosh. So much like just fantastic content. Flannel, denim, velvet, sweaters, stripes. Jeweler accessories. <laughs> so when we first meet Amanda, this is the outfit that she's wearing. She's wearing um, all black, just all black a vest, <laughs> <laughs> like a and a giant, like a, also a black vest, uh, open a giant black hat. It's a pleather hat, which we saw on a lot of like ninety sitcoms, Ghost Rider, Sister Sister, Full House. Like girls were wearing these hats. Amanda's also like um, a person of color, and so and so you can tell like she she has something about her <laughs> that they're trying to like like show like show off. <laughs> yeah, she's like she's like a whatever the androgynous version of a person of color is. Like she's just like a generic person of color, and they're yeah. like, we will make you into a person of color costume. Yeah, exactly, and it's like. It's it's fun. Um, and then another time she's wearing this weird choker that's like a metal choker um, with like a little pendant on it, which I also thought was odd. Um, and another like final costume that she's wearing, lots of vests, lots of vests, <laughs> lots of layers, was, Jillian mentioned this before, so it's this wide brimmed like floppy hat. So imagine like a bucket hat, but like longer edges like a fisherman would wear. And the front part above your forehead is folded up and it's sewn together there. And there's usually like a patch or like a some sort of like flare there. Flower. Yes, a flower. Very American nationally. Like I've been watching a lot of sister, sister, like sister the Tia Tamira wear them. Like that w- I definitely had one, I think. Like it was like a denim one, I think. Um, but everybody yeah, has that's what I picture is like a denim one with like a sunflower. Yes. I don't yeah. think I don't think I had one. I think my cousin might have had one. I mean, I loved a good bucket hat when I was a kid. <laughs> like I can I can like remember them on Michelle's hammer. Yeah, they were I definitely on I swear she wore one. She probably yeah, wore one. Look. It might even be in the theme song. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, so this is like Amanda and like she is dressed to the nines every time we see her. So it works. Um, the teacher, he's wearing like a big like Cosby style sweater at one point, And then another time he's wearing a sweater vest. So <laughs> it was also- I like his fashion. 
Yeah, I, it was like very age appropriate. Like, and for a teacher, like it all worked. <laughs> okay, so moving on. I'm not saying I'm doing this like for fashion. <laughs> right. But I approve. <laughs> Um, and then I saw lots of stripes. We see a lot more kids than we've seen ever before at their school. So there's a lot of like children in generic outfits. That's, those are my notes. <laughs> I did have a question about why Amanda's allowed to wear a hat in school because every school that I ever attended, that was against the dress code. And it was certainly something that would have been enforced by teachers. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Cause I remember in college it was like, boys started wearing baseball caps everywhere because you couldn't wear them in like high school and stuff like yeah. that yeah i also wanted to point out that sam has a denim backpack in this episode i noticed that i forgot good eye good eye it's amazing it's like a squarish backpack i think i had one as a kid i feel <gasps> like back. oh my god wasn't for school it was for like i would have like taken it to the beach or something oh. casual back for like activities yeah like yeah loved the fashion in this episode like all of really that like wishbone part of the episode is just like leaps and bounds better than the Ivanhoe part that's the episode that's it was really a visual feast <laughs> it was you're not wrong about that do you have any key takeaways from this episode um I thought, I mean, the obvious is, like, to be brave. Like, they're, like, really trying to encourage David to be brave. But I also think, like, part of it, too, is, like, it's okay to be scared and to, like, know that you're not good at something. Um, and you don't have to be good at everything, so it's okay to be scared, but you still have to try. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think um, my takeaway goes along with that, because mine was really, like, um, supporting your community and people like you care about when they're doing something they're scared of or whether you can tell they're scared or whether they say they're scared and I think like it takes a lot you know as an adult to say like you're feeling vulnerable and like you know texting your friends saying like hey I have this thing I'm scared or like oh like I'm really dreading doing this and like you know supporting or gassing your friends up um, mm -hmm. but I think it also goes along with like celebrating your community, like when they win, um, they're really gracious and excited. Like they like say like, hey, like good game, good game, <laughs> you know, yeah. to the kids. But then they're also like, we did it. Like they're so excited and they're so excited to tell Sam. So I think there's a lot to say for um, supporting people when they're scared and celebrating them when they do well. Yeah, I think so too. And I think like what we've seen from David is that he has like a lot of anxiety and he has a lot of like perfectionist tendencies. And so I think like the kids rallying behind him and like Sam saying, you know, I would have been scared too. I think it is like important that to help him understand that he is not the only one that's feeling this way. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I can say like I was ever in a situation like this as a kid, but I think it's it's nice to see these three kids who clearly like grown up together, like have been through a lot together in their, you know, decade of life. Um, but like they're close enough to each other that they're like 
tell each other when they're scared or like tell each other Mm. when they're excited like they want to share all these like life moments with their friends and I think that's like very precious (laughs) I actually just thought of something when you were saying that is I wonder if Sam and David knew Joe's dad and like how that plays into their relationship because I had I had classmates who lost parents when I was their age and like losing a parent at such a young age is such it's such a trauma and like if they were there for Joe when that happened or if they knew Joe's dad like that probably plays part in their dynamic too and it's probably really strengthened their relationship yeah that's so true because we know all their parents were friends for since they were like young and they live now they all live like really close to each other and next door to each other and I think that's a really good point like we saw him grieve and they were part of that and this was an adult in their life who grieved too. They had to grieve too because we know these families are like co-parenting. Yeah. I think that's a really good observation. Thanks. Well, that's that's kind of it. Thank you, Jillian, for a uh, great discussion. Do you have a recommendation for this week? Um, yes. My recommendation is this book series called American Royals. And it is like, um, there's two books so far. The, the second one was just released on the 1st of September. I've already read it. Uh, <laughs> but it is um, from the premise that George Washington was made king um, and not president. And then his, it's like takes place in modern times with his descendants and like how they navigate being modern royals in America. And... Um, I love an alternate reality story, like fanfic or whatever. Um, so it's super fun. I think the first one I enjoyed better than the second one, um, but they're both really good and they have really good characters and um, it's told from multiple perspectives of like the royal family and also the people around the royal family. And I think it gives like a really um interesting take on what it could be like to be in that circle um so yeah i highly recommend a nice light read american royals and the second one is called majesty thank you and because of you i've gotten like psyched about these and i'm like oh i gotta i gotta look into these as well they sound very interesting So my recommendation for this week is the tv show sister sister which- oh. It's now on Netflix, yes, and it's from um, when Jillian and I were kids, and we were very much a target demographic, I would say, because they're, you know, 14 when the show starts, and we were preteens, so we are the people who would be looking up at them and being like, wow, that's amazing. Um, It just came up on Netflix recently within the last few weeks, and it, like, in so many ways really holds up, like, the pilot the very first episode where they meet each other and the comedic timing of the way that they um show the scene of the girls like not knowing that they are um in the same place this is not a spoiler (laughs) is very well done um and every episode i've watched since then has been really entertaining like there's you know a kid's plotline and an adult's plotline um because it's basically about these two young girls um in Detroit who were uh, 
twins born in 1979 and <laughs> um, separated at birth and adopted by two different people. And they find each other uh, in a store at age 14. And it's very sweet um, and funny and goes into like all the kind of angst and the stuff of kids just a little bit older than Joe, Sam and David would be talking about. Um, so it's not really like the type, the level um, of like themes and context of this, but I love it. It's been really fun. Uh, I watch it when I wash the dishes. <laughs> so I'm watching it very, very slowly and savoring it. <laughs> That's awesome. I used to rewatch that on like ABC Family or the Disney Channel or something once we were like in high school, maybe. And I remember loving it then. And I was very excited to see it back on Netflix or to see it up on Netflix. So I will be checking it out, I'm sure. Yeah, it's awesome. It's part of this big package of um, uh, Black TV shows that have been acquired by Netflix for streaming. So, uh, but that's it. That was my recommendation. Um, so this was like partially an amazing episode, partially a confusing episode, but I think the amazing parts outweigh the confusing because I could for just- sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, thanks everyone for joining us. I don't know why I clapped, but I clapped and you got a little hint of that. <laughs> thanks and goodbye. Thanks everyone. Subscribe to What's the Story with Jillian and Shauna wherever you listen to podcasts. Every episode of Wishbone is on YouTube and we've linked them for you at wishbonepodcast.com. Hope you'll join in.